Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful week wherever you are in the world. I hope your language learning is going well. I hope you've also been enjoying the last few episodes on the podcast. I've been experimenting a little bit, trying some new things. Uh, but I've been hearing a lot from you guys recently as well. So thank you for the emails. Thank you for the tweets. I really, uh, really appreciate it. I'm, it's great for me to know that you've been uh, benefiting from the podcast. Uh, it's what keeps me going. So thank you for that. Also, if you have been enjoying the podcast, you must make sure you fill out the big 2018 uh, I Will Teach You a Language podcast survey. Oh, yes. Because whether you like things as they are with the podcast or whether you'd like them to totally change, either way, you have a vested interest, you see, because if you do nothing, it might either stay the same or totally change and you will have no say in that. So if you haven't already done so, please go and uh, answer a few questions for me in this survey because, it, it, you know, that's, this is what's going to decide the future. I'm going to sit down and go through all the answers and design the future of the podcast based on that. So please take a few minutes to do that. You can find the link at iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash podcast survey. So definitely do that. You can you can pause the podcast right now and go and do that if you like. But please make sure to do that. It'll be up for another week or so, so you've got time um, still. All right, then. Today we've got an email question from Alex. But before we do that, I'd like to thank wonderful sponsors of the show. Alex mentions them, actually, italki. Alex mentions the fact that he gets lessons through italki. And sometimes what happens is, because obviously I recommend italki is the best place to go and get regular speaking practice on your terms at an affordable price, a time and place that suits you. It's super convenient. Um, and you can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. But, you know, lessons with anybody, it's a two-way street. The student has to do as much as the teacher. Often when the students run into trouble, it's because they rely a bit too much on the teacher. So, in the episode today, and you can see me trying to segue here from one to the next, but in the episode today, we're going to talk about how you might get a little bit more out of your lessons, for example, with an italki teacher. So, how was that? Was that smooth enough? I'm not convinced it was, but anyway... I think you got the message. Okay, so Alex wrote to me and he said, Hey Ollie, how would you advise someone learning their first language to bounce back from a few bad lessons confidence-wise? And it is bad lessons on my part. For some reason, I'm fine chatting away to myself at home in the language I'm learning and come up with potentially viable sentences, etc. But the second I hit the answer button on Skype, I freeze and go blank. It must be hard for my tutor too, but it's frustrating me no end because in English I get told off by friends and relatives for not shutting up. Any tips or advice would be great because everything I read paints italki as being the best thing I can do to speed up my process, my, my progress, and I can see how it would, but I don't know how to get out of the rut. All right, then, so I'm sure this is a question that's going to resonate with many people listening. So hopefully we can be of some help here. All right, so I think it's important to say that ups and downs happen all the time for all kinds of reasons in all different areas of your learning. Okay, so like, for example, for me at the moment, I'm struggling with motivation big time. Just one of those things. I have to draw deep on my reserves of motivational tricks to keep myself going and motivated. Uh, you know, in this case, Alex, you had a few bad lessons, um, but it's important to view this in, 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 the, in the long term. 
and say that, okay, over the course of a few years, it's inevitable that you're going to have a few bad lessons. Okay. But I'm going to have to, I'm going to make some assumptions here and drill down because I don't know what language you're learning. I don't know what stage you're at, but I can certainly talk from, from my experience with this. Um, you know, if, I actually started writing a book a, a few years back, which I, I didn't end up putting out because I, um, I don't know. I kind of felt like I was rushing it a little bit and it was kind of a compilation of all different thoughts and mix of kind of blog posts and podcast episodes and chapters that I'd written myself and all the, all these things. So I didn't end up putting it out, but the opening from the book was actually very relevant to this because I started off the book by telling a story and it went something like this. As the Skype sound rang out across my living room, I started to, my, my palms started to sweat my heartbeat started to elevate and I realized I was petrified or <laughs> something like that. Right. Which is, seems to be exactly what you're, what you're saying here. There's something about this situation where you kind of, uh, you're about to start a lesson on Skype and it seems to, do, but what seems to happen is that everything that you've been learning in the language is kind of suddenly distilled into that one moment where you have to perform. Right. And that in itself isn't really ideal because we don't, you know, you don't want to be put into, into pressured situations because language takes time to become common. When you get to a point in a language where you can just speak naturally and easily and freely, it's not because you've somehow, uh, you know, memorized a bunch of stuff or you've gone, you've learned a few tricks. It's because you've been using the language so much over such a long time that it just becomes normal for you. And so often when we're kind of put in these situations where like, right, okay, you have to perform now. Uh, it, it can be, you know, not a very nice experience. Now, I think because of these experiences, like you're describing here, Alex, a lot of people react, a lot of people's reaction to that is kind of, oh, well, I, I, speaking's not for me, or, um, you know, you shouldn't start speaking too early in a language or whatever. And, and I think that's a bit of a mistake because what you're kind of, uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater there. The fact that it's difficult and you get nervous and you kind of just get tongue tied and find yourself lost for words and, and all these things. Yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable, but it's also a huge opportunity because when you can figure out how to deal with that, that gets you through the kind of um, huge barrier that exists when you start to start speaking a new language. Um, so what I've experienced personally with this is that the beginning of a conversation is often the hardest part because once you get into the flow of things, you just forget that you're nervous in the first place. Nerves are things that, that we construct ourselves in our own minds. And, and when you're nervous, that can have a real kind of catastrophic effect on your ability to speak. Stress is something that in general we should avoid. So I think there are a couple of things here that we could, that I would advise Alex. First of all, it's important that you can start a conversation confidently. You know, when you're first, like you describe this moment when the Skype box starts ringing and um you know you, you better press that button and start the conversation and a lot of that is because you, you're kind of thinking okay what am i going to say what's the teacher going to say am i going to understand it and you can get over a lot of these initial nerves by uh by by learning how to begin conversations so one of the things that i do when i begin a new language is i i i get my teachers to tell me lots of different ways to begin a conversation and i'll write them down so um so, so that I can comfortably begin a conversation and get through the first sort of, you know, 10, 20 seconds of that conversation without too much trouble 
easily even because I've just really worked hard at that point. And then you're kind of in a, in a flow and it's much, everything else that comes afterwards is much easier. So it seems like a small thing, but confidence wise, it's huge. So one of the things that you could start to do right away is if you're watching TV or movies or whatever, start to notice exactly what people say at the beginning of conversations. So write down the the exact phrases that people say, not just the things that they say, but also how people reply and start to kind of build up this little bank of conversation starters. So like, you know, to take English as an example, when you first start, you know, if you, if you sit down with your teacher or, or whoever it is, you might say, you might, well, it's difficult to come up with these examples on the spot, but you say, hi, how's it going? Good to see you. How have you been? Maybe a comment about the weather, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. You know, fine, thanks, not bad. And you, what's new? I don't know. I'm just kind of riffing on this, but there's all these different things that we say, and it's all very formulaic. You very rarely get the beginning of a conversation that's totally invented. So much. I was just writing this in an email earlier. Actually, it's like so much of language is kind of is is um, is formulaic. We stick to scripts very, very much, especially in languages like Japanese, where so much of interaction between uh, between people is you're expected to stick to this script almost. So it can be quite uh, easy and quick to learn how to begin these conversations. And you can ask your teacher about this as well. You can, you can just say to him or her very honestly, look, I feel nervous at the beginning of conversations. Can we, can we uh, work on things to say at the beginning of conversations? And you can tell your teacher the, the phrases you've written down, you could ask them for some suggestions. And then together, you could write out some uh, sample dialogues for the beginning of conversation. So, hey, how are you? Fine. How are you doing? How's your girlfriend? How's your family? Whatever. Um, and write down some of, you know, create these little dialogues for yourself and practice them between you and the teacher. So that way, what you're doing is you're kind of just dealing with it head on and you're turning it into a learning point so that you don't then have any need to be nervous when you are starting those Skype conversations. You know, if anything, it becomes like a joke, you know, you can just dive straight into that little, that little, uh, that little skit between the two of you. And then that, uh, that is going to have a huge impact on, on, on your confidence when you're starting conversations. Of course, in this case, it really helps to have the same teacher f- for a while. You know, you'd always jumping from one teacher to the next. I mean, it's good in the sense that you get more exposure and more practice with different people, but in terms of confidence building is, you know, may not be such a good thing. So spend a bit of time really um, attacking this, the thing that makes you nervous and be honest with yourself and identify what that is. I might've missed the, missed the point a little bit with the, the, the beginning of a conversation. If that doesn't describe your situation, Alex, well, think about what does exactly. And if your reaction to that is, well, it's not just the beginning of the conversation, it's everything. I just freeze up completely and I can't talk at all. Well, in that case, um, I think it's important to say that if you've just started with italki, which it sounds like you have, don't expect to have easy, free-flowing conversations yet. Okay, this takes time. Depending on the language you're learning, it can take many months to get into the habit of doing that. All right, now some people would say, well, just don't speak. Just go off and read and listen and speak when you're ready. And that's absolutely fine. Uh, but I prefer to, to start speaking early on because it gets you to, uh, it's extremely motivating. It gets you to, um, 
to start figuring out how to express yourself in the language. It gets you over these fears. So I think there's lots of reasons why it's a very good thing. But don't get disappointed if you can't just launch into a conversation like you can in English. That's going to take a long time to, to come. And so instead of just having kind of unstructured conversations, try to have some more specific structured activities. So in the past, I, I remember a couple of years ago when I was having Cantonese lessons, I think I even mentioned this on the podcast before, I was having lessons with this one girl who we just didn't get on. I don't know what it was, whether I made her nervous or we just our personalities just didn't match. I don't know what it was. Sometimes you have teachers like this, right? Um, but she was very nice and I could see she was trying to, she was really trying, but it just like free conversation just didn't work with her. And so we tried something very different. We tried a very structured activity and it totally transformed and the lessons kind of went from quite difficult and, uh, and awkward to really productive. And what we did specifically in this case was she would choose, um, pictures, photos that she found on Google and she would have me describe them. So she would have me describe what's going on in the pictures, what the things are, who, what the people are doing. And what that did was this kind of removed the whole uh, need for social pressure, making pleasant, nice, interesting conversations. And it just it created a very specific speaking task, which was good because it kind of challenged me to be accurate in the things that I was saying, but it also gave her a very clear and specific way to give feedback. She didn't have to be the kind of conversation partner anymore. She could just be the teacher in the purer sense where she just says, no, that's right or that's wrong and you should say that instead. Um, and it was actually really, really, really useful and I got much more out of that than if I had just kind of continued uh, insisting on, on on chatting. Yeah, so there's lots of different structured activities like that. Um, and it may be the case that by going down that route, and you could even use English in your lessons, don't feel you have to use 100% the target language. If it helps to kind of think of some activities together in English and then try them out, that's absolutely fine. Whatever kind of bridges the gap, gives you that step up, makes you feel more confident. I think it can be really damaging to have certain expectations, you know, the expectations like, oh, I should, I should be having free flowing conversations from the start and I should never use a word of English. No, forget that stuff. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes you feel comfortable having more regular interactions with the teacher is, is, is best. All right. And this comes kind of back to the point of it's not just you you know alex i know it feels like it you know in your message you said bad lessons on my part but the teacher bears some responsibility for this as well and you know because i've got a fair amount of teaching experience i'm often very kind of conscious of the work that i'm imposing on the teacher in my own lessons right and and so i i kind of look for ways to make it if I can tell that the teacher's not comfortable I look for ways of making it a bit easier and reducing the pressure on the teacher a bit more because often then the teacher can shine and I know that's often you know not necessarily an easy thing for the student to do but it's worth thinking about because you know these interactions are not straightforward and learning a language takes time and it takes grit and you've got to keep it up but I think you know a combination of the ideas that I've given you here like a kind of honest reflection on what exactly it is that's causing the the nervousness and causing the freezing up and then targeting that directly with the teacher by discussing it with them combination of that plus re reducing the burden of expectations that you're placing on yourself and just trying to enjoy the process a bit more with more structured traditional activities maybe that allow you to just do do some, cover some useful stuff in the lessons should help you 
All right, so I hope that's helpful. Um, do come and leave a comment uh, on the show notes in the future when you've tried a few of things, these things out and let me know uh, what it was that you did that, um, that helped you to uh, get over this because you will get over it. This requires a bit of experimentation. All right, so best of luck with that, Alex. If you would like to leave me a question, you can email me uh, at ollie at iwillteachyourlanguage.com or uh, preferably by leaving a voice question. And you can do that by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash ask, A-S-K. All right, then. So at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And today, William Shakespeare is making his debut on the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. And he said, expectation is the root of all heartache. Expectation is the root of all heartache. Hopefully you can see the link there and um, how Shakespeare was, in fact, talking about language lessons and italki when he was writing all that great stuff. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for today. See you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free. And if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free memory course.